0: Sustainable corporate practices are no longer enough. Now global business needs to have a net positive impact on the environment. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, managing editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is a Supply Chain Brain podcast. The idea has been floating around for a few years now, but has yet to take hold in a serious way. Still, there's a new push out there for companies to go net positive in the way they impact not just the environment, but society and the global economy as a whole. The new initiative is being spearheaded by BSR, or Business for Social Responsibility, the Forum for the Future, and the Harvard University-based effort called SHINE for Sustainability and Health Initiative for Net Positive Enterprise. Today I'm talking with two principals behind the Net Positive move, Eric Olson, Senior Vice President of BSR, and Zoe Legrand, Principal Sustainability Advisor to Forum for the Future. They'll explain the mission of the Net Positive project, Who's behind it in the corporate sector and how it proposes to lead global commerce in that ambitious direction. The challenge, they say, is to frame it not just as a matter of compliance and harm reduction, but as a potential source of business benefit as well. So here is my conversation with Eric Olson and Zoe Legrand. Zoe Legrand, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks very much.
0: And Eric Olson, welcome.
2: Glad
1: to be here.
0: Zoe, let me start with you. Could you please explain what is the genesis of the Net Positive Project and, indeed, what is the Net Positive Project?
1: Sure. So the, the bar for good sustainability across corporates has been raised uh, in recent years. Um, things like the publication of the Sustainable Development Goals and the agreements at the uh, Paris conference um, have meant that actually good sustainability is no longer seen as being enough for leading corporates. Some leading corporates we're seeing across the world are committing to going net positive, which essentially means that they're committing to not just commit zero harm, they're actually committing to give back more to the environment and society than they take out. So companies like Dell, who are committing to do 10 times the amount of good than their, their impact, their negative impact. Or Kingfisher, who are, uh, through their net-positive net, net strategy are uh, committing to actively kind of reforesting rather than just uh, reducing the amount of trees that they use through their timber products. Or BT, who are committed to, to saving three times the amount of carbon that their operations produce. So I think a number of these these real leaders in corporate sustainability making these really ambitious net-positive strategy commitments Um, And it's a really powerful concept. Yeah, so the concept
0: seems – you seem to be suggesting that it actually emerged from the corporate sector. Is that the case or was it the corporate sector being prodded to take additional actions by environmental groups, NGOs, government groups or whatever?
2: Maybe I'll jump in on that one if it's okay, Robert. And, and Zoe, sure. you can add in too. It's a good question. I think that a lot of different signals have come from different places, and they're they're definitely companies have been challenged and inspired by third party groups to go further. I think also, and and sort of where our journey on this started was focused with the technology companies who for positive business reasons were interested in this conversation because they see their technologies, high-tech communications, et cetera, as inherently having the ability to offset, if we talk about energy and emissions, offset a multiple of their own impact. So they see it as a commercial opportunity to basically be in the business of lightweighting other industries. And so they wanted to figure out how they could proceed to do that, but do it in a way that's credible, which is a challenge.
1: Yeah, and just to add to that, um, so for someone like Kingfisher, it's also about trying to make sure that their supply chain is, is robust and available um, for them both now but also into the long-term future. So they recognise that if timber's in 40% of their products, they need a really robust supply of that timber. And so, in fact rather than just reducing the amount that they use, which they, they're also doing, they need to actively reforest, and plant more trees than they're using in order to ensure that supply continues from, from now in, into the long-term future.
0: Okay. So I understand the, con- uh, the concept behind this now. So again, though, what is the net positive project itself? What form does it take? Is it an educational resource? Is it more of a proactive body? Is it the companies themselves coming together? Is there a directorate of some sort? Tell me about what exactly this is.
1: The Net Positive project is a really unique collaboration. So it brings together three NGOs, so Forum for the Future, BSR, and also Greg Dorris from Shine, who are based at the uh, Harvard uh, School of Public Health. And we've all been working in different areas on the same sort of subject. So at Forum, we've been developing some principles and working with other NGOs and other corporates. And BSR, obviously, has been working, looking a lot at the IT supply sector and Greg at Shine has been looking at the positive handprint that companies can have especially around their sort of impact on society and so we've come together to to bring together our expertise and then we've got a really exciting ambitious group of, of 15 corporates who are also interested in this space so the project brings together all these different experiences, all these different expertise. And together, we're going to bring some clarity to the concept and bring some robustness to the concept and develop some resources so that more companies can make their own net positive commitments.
0: Eric, explain to me a little bit more about what exactly is BSR's role in this?
2: So we, um, like Forum, have been working with companies broadly on sustainability for years. And the idea of net positive whether it was called that or was called something else i think has been in the air in one way shape or form for a long time it's the idea that business has positive contribution to make as well as obviously having impact on use of resources and other things so in the course of doing that work and then specifically recently doing it through our center for technology and sustainability we we went deep with dell and a few other companies, Dell having, as Zoe said, articulated this net good objective. And in the course of doing some case studies with Dell, looking at application of technology and whether we could credibly, clearly Measure positive environmental benefit from its use. The idea came to us with the inspiration of the companies we we're all working with that we would be much stronger working together. So the way we are deploying our resources now is will forum will be continuing to drive and, and innovate behind the net positive principles that they started some years ago with their working group. We will lead on the creation of deeper case studies coming out from this. Let's run the experiment in specific businesses, specific products, design and test measurement frameworks and see um, if we can evolve them and make them robust and yet practical enough that other companies can use them. And then as Zoe mentioned, Harvard Shine brings a robust academic element to this with their hand printing methodology, a lot of LCA science and others. And then you asked earlier about a secretariat, or we are co-leading at this point, and one of the things that we're going to design together with our launch companies in the coming months is sort of more robust next-generation governance we just launched. So we're going to need to have work streams on measurement framework. We're going to need to have um, work streams that focus on communication and engagement, and this will be structured with the three organizations leading various think of them as working groups or task forces for the different pieces of net positive. And we've got a work plan around. Zoe, remind me, I think it's a two-year roadmap. It's either two or three that we can envision so far, and then we'll see what happens after that.
1: Yeah, I think well, we've got three years planned out so far. Do you expect
0: to come out, though, you're talking about measurement, a standardized means of measuring and reporting on these so-called net positive claims? I mean, we kind of now understand measuring carbon footprint, but will you have a similar type of formula or methodology for achieving that?
2: That is absolutely the aspiration, and the big question and the challenge in that will be picking a scope and sequence of topics that works. So it's likely we will start for example, with a heavier focus on things that are more easily measured, such as carbon. And there's already a lot of methodology out in the world, how you measure it, LCA's, the greenhouse gas protocol. But getting into the topic, and we'll be partnering more broadly with experts in those fields, getting into the topic of how much emissions just stay there. Emissions are avoided by the use of a company's product, or services is a newer idea. So getting the guidance around that and extending then to other categories where less work has been done, including, by the way, and this has been a big focus of the Harvard work, is actually measuring in a credible, quantifiable way, positive social and health impacts. So this is not just an eco play. This is comprehensively looking at sustainability. And therefore, as a practical matter, I think we need to expect this to roll out in in waves, And ultimately, different groups will need to take it down into to pretty rigorous detail. In the near term, if we can get a robust, usable, broad framework to guide the efforts that we hope will spring out of this, I think we will have done well. And that's the intent.
0: Zoe, so you said 15 corporates are on board from day one. Is that correct?
2: Day one. Yeah. But our doors are open, so that was uh, the, with a great launch at Sustainable Brands, and um, we've gotten a lot of inquiries already since then, so the idea is absolutely to grow the group. We've got pretty robust representation across sectors, and we'd like to keep it that way and, and build out further, so I don't know that we've set a target number. But I would expect this to be a sizable enough group that we can do meaningful work in each of the key sectors where we need it. So it's not going to be all tech by any means. It's, it's going to need to be clusters of companies in different sectors, different levels of the value chain who can bring knowledge of, of how things work.
0: And Zoe over at Forum for the Future, I guess you can serve as a good, a good resource or a good way to get companies interested too. I mean your membership consists of, of, of corporates already. Is that correct?
1: Yes, absolutely, yes. So we've, we've got a membership network of around 130 partners um, at the moment that we've been working with, um, some for as long as sort of 20 years. Um, and, and we tend to only work with the, with the companies that are really ambitious on sustainability and really interested in taking that kind of that systemic um, approach to some of these sustainability issues. And so a lot of the organisations that we work with are very interested in the space of, of net positive And we're encouraging more and more of them to get involved with with the net positive project as a result.
0: So I'm hearing a lot of enthusiasm among global multinationals from what you folks are telling me here. But of of course, you've got your early adopters who are definitely going to jump on board just by virtue of the fact that that's who they are and they're aware of this sort of thing. I'm wondering as you go a little further, though, do you anticipate any problems with getting this message out to other companies? For instance, thinking along the lines of, are you kidding? I just got my arms barely around zero impact and now you're asking me to go net positive. Um, Do you you expect there might be a little bit uh, of kind of exhaustion to overcome uh, on the part of maybe this next wave of companies you'd be
2: targeting? Robert, it's a great question. One short answer would be yes, particularly if it's framed that way. But I think the other piece of it and one of the things that got us excited about this was that business has actually been hungry for a positive story. In some ways, this makes it easier for companies to engage where because the conversation is much closer to their front office how do we make money how do we generate revenue so the conversation about how their products and services might be creating value in a way that can help them sell more and increase acceptance for what they're doing actually opens new markets rather than making it harder. So I wouldn't want to go to someone and say, yes, I know you've been working on sustainability forever. Now you've got to start over. That would be bad. But we and we also have a membership. We've got about 275 corporates and we're an open membership. So we're very much in the coalition taking on the challenge of how do we create the on-ramps for the companies that aren't Unilever or Kingfisher or Dell, but have a heck of a lot of impact and a heck of a lot of positive potential that we need in the game. So that, I think, is a, it's a big opportunity. It's where a lot of the impact is. And precisely by going at it from a vo- viewpoint of value as opposed to compliance and harm reduction, we're actually seeking to simplify the conversation and get more, quote-unquote, commercial folks into
1: it. Just to build on on Eric's point as well, um, what we're hearing from the companies in in the the project is that net positive is a very powerful concept. It's quite sticky. People kind of get it, and people within the organization understand it. They find it inspiring. They find it empowering. They kind of want to know what they can do to contribute to this in a way in which a sort of zero-harm or reducing negative impacts approach just doesn't seem to have kind of the same resonance. And from the sustainability team's perspective, it really helps them to make a lot more progress as well. So some of the feedback that we've had from the companies who are implementing this strategy is that actually the real value of it is the mindset shift which happens within the company when you're going for something this sort of audacious, this ambitious. Um, People really have to think differently and they can get beyond just kind of measuring every single number and every single decimal point, which is obviously important, but perhaps they can get towards actually the the big innovations, which is what the company needs to meet these ambitions, but also what the world needs in order to meet the challenge laid down by, by COP21 and the SDGs.
0: Now, I know one of the things that you'll be doing in this initiative is coming up with case studies, which would be extremely valuable to companies looking to pursue this goal. But could you give me a few early examples of just how a company can become net positive in its impact on the environment? What can it do?
2: Some of the earliest published examples of this focused somewhat more narrowly on energy and climate impacts, and that was in the information communication technology space. And so there's a publication out for people who are interested in this that that should absolutely look at called Smarter 2020, and it was put out. We assisted on some of the research, but it was put out by the Global E-Sustainability Initiative. And in there, you had a number of the global telecom carriers and some of the equipment providers sharing their numbers, doing research, which indicated and there are measured cases in it with things ranging from smart grid to telecommuting, specific applications like that, the sum total of which is emissions reduction of something on the order of of five to ten times the total emissions of the ICT industry. So that's a macro. If we go micro, we did a few cases for Dell as part of the early work in this where we looked at the application of technology in specific companies, and we've got um, a couple little published cases available publicly. One was the environmental benefits created when Kaiser Permanente, the California-based healthcare network, digitized all its electronic medical records. And the benefits of that ranged from, from the obvious, which was the initial focus, we're going to use less paper, we're going to use less space, and offset it with digital record use. It turns out that an order of magnitude larger impact ended up being unleashed because the digitization of records actually changed the way people use healthcare. It actually reduced visits to the doctor and sort of the basic provision of service in a way that saved a lot of energy, a lot of materials, and things related to that. So that's an interesting case. The other way to answer it would be is has a company credibly in a universal comprehensive all sustainability impacts been able to publish a case saying we are net positive in all key elements? And I believe the answer to that is not yet, but that is the journey. Zoe, I don't know if you know a case that I'm forgetting, but I think, I think I'm safe in that assumption.
1: Yeah, it's no, no, no. I agree. I agree, I, I th- and I think that level of ambition would be so sort of large um, that I'd be really surprised if any company could could claim that right now. Because I think this is definitely a long term strategy. And I think I think other companies. It depends on on where your kind of your biggest impacts are and where your biggest opportunities are. But other companies have interpreted this net positive concept in different ways. So, always f- focusing on the material impacts because that's exactly where you need to focus your net positive approach. But if you're somebody like IKEA or Kingfisher, then you'll be looking at your the impact, but also the, the renewable energy that you can you can provide for your customers. And so in fact that they can they can generate more renewable energy than, than you use you use in your stores. And that's another way to kind of interpret I suppose a net and positive impact.
0: That was the first thing that occurred to me when I heard about this, I, examples where factories or stores are actually uh, producing more energy than they need, like let's say the solar energy or the like, or through cogeneration yep. and stuff like that, and they can, others, they, others can use that extra energy. But what you guys are talking about here just seems to be so far beyond, as you say, beyond emissions, which to me sounds like the biggest challenge, because then you get into an area so big. So difficult to get your arms around. It even comes down to just, as you say, digitizing stuff, which to a normal person might not even occur to them to be an Mm impact-oriented thing. It's just something they're doing for efficiency's sake because we're in the age of computers, right? So um, do you think that will be a challenge in terms of defining the whole universe that that you're trying to achieve here well beyond just, say, carbon emissions?
2: It's an enormous challenge but an unavoidable one. And, you know, the thing I would say about that is we already have companies who've been working on all these other aspects. They just do it in isolation or organized around specific projects. So one way to think about what we're trying to do is bring it together under more of a unified framework that can communicate value and business benefit in a way that's more clear than pockets. Give you an example. The natural resource-based industries in particular, not just them, and maybe I'd add food to this, have for years been investing in measurement and projects, trying to get their arms around to quantify and to get funding for the social and economic benefits they create for the communities in which they operate. So to boil it down, think about a mining company operating in remote rural North Peru. There is a lot of work in World Bank loans and all kinds of infrastructure organized around this question of, you know, how can you tell when a big operator has gone in and actually done some good for a local economy? So that's an old question. There are metrics. There are measurements. There are things to work with. But it needs to come together under a more unified framework and it needs to be more usable by more people. I don't know what the finish line looks like. It's pretty far away, so I think we're going to have our hands full with really good valuable work that will click through, if I can put it that way, the major shared impacts of greatest interest. And we're certainly not, as a little coalition, going to take on every sustainability aspect under the sun in the next five years.
0: Zoe, do you have a perspective on that, and especially with respect to uh, what, how you envision this two or three, two or three years down the line, in terms of number of companies that might be on board and what impact you might have by that time?
1: I think this is a journey for all of us, um, so for the companies that are making their own commitments, but also for those of us working on net positive at a kind of conceptual level. And I think that we'd be looking to to take lots more organisations on that journey. So we know that we're not the only ones who are who are looking at this. There's there's, there's roles for lots of different organisations for for technical consultancies and for other organizations such as WRI and that we're all going to need to work together in order to push this concept forward at the rate in which it needs to be moved forward and we hope that in in five years time we'll have you know hundreds and thousands of companies making these net positive commitments but it will be the the, almost the norm for kind of corporate sustainability and as a result they'll be really delivering um, a a restored environment they'll be delivering throughput to the environment and to society and actively making it better than it was before.
0: Well, we hope to speak to both of you again at some point in the future to see how this initiative is going. It's just the very early days, so it'll be exciting to follow it and see how successful you are in achieving so-called net positive impact uh, by uh, multinationals and companies around the world. In the meantime, though, I would very much like to thank Zoe Legrand of Forum for the Future and Eric Olson of BSR for being with us today. Thanks to both of you.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you, Robert. It's a real pleasure.
0: That was my conversation with Eric Olson of BSR and Zoe Legrand of Forum for the Future, talking about the push for net positive business practices. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, Watch thousands of videos and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.